This is Floyd Hughes, pastor of Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. I just wanted to share about my new book, Act Like an E-Christian. The E stands for evangelical. And despite what you may have heard, evangelical Christianity has nothing to do with politics. It has to do with the reason the body of Christ exists, sharing the gospel. My book, a devotional based on the book of Acts, prayerfully encourages Christ followers to return to our evangelical roots of sharing the gospel with folks in our circles of influence. It's available on Amazon in paperback and for Kindle, and you can pick up a copy today. Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. At Crossroads, our mission is to be the church by sharing and showing the love of Christ and inviting others to be recipients of Christ's love. Now, here is this week's message from Pastor Floyd Hughes. All right, good morning, Crossroads. Uh, Welcome to our Sunday morning worship celebration um, where we love celebrating Jesus especially during the Christmas season, because technically we're after Thanksgiving, so for all the you know, legalist haters, we can actually wish people a Merry Christmas now. So turn to somebody and say Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas yeah, there you go. Um, but not only do we actually love celebrating Jesus, especially during the Christmas season, we also love doing it with food, So this afternoon, I say this afternoon like it's late, but like right after the Sunday celebration, uh, Christy is going to go pick up some food for us around 11.45-ish. So we're going to decorate and uh, share a meal together, hang out together, and do food and fellowship together. Uh, That's the way we're going to end today's Sunday celebration, but I want to start it by sharing a verse with you uh, from the book of Revelation Um, as the band comes up. So this is what it says, Revelation 21. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away and everyone said amen because we would love and look forward to and just rejoice at a time where there's no more pain, there's no more brokenness, there's no more addiction, there's no more cancer, there's no more sickness. We just get to rejoice and celebrate in the kingdom of God. We're not there yet, but that day is coming. So I'm going to ask you guys to stand and we're going to kick off our Sunday celebration just thanking and praising God for that day when it does come. I'm going to ask you guys to remain standing for a minute uh, because I want to take some time and uh, spend some time in prayer, especially as we go into the holiday season. And every now and then we'll do this, we'll take time, and instead of you know me just praying up here, we'll ask you guys, what can we be in prayer for? But I want to start, because we've been talking about this, uh, praying for those people in our circles of influence and our family and friends who we want to come to experience the love of Christ. And uh, I'm just going to ask you real quick, if you have family or friends that you're praying for that you want them to know Jesus, just raise your hand real quick. So here's what I want you to do. Everyone bow your heads. God, we lift up those family members, those friends, those coworkers those people in our circles of influence. 
And we pray that this holiday season, more than any other time, that not only would their hearts and minds be open to hear from you, but our hearts and our minds would be open to hear from you when we can be the church to them. Not just sharing about the love of Christ, but also showing them the love of Christ with our words and with our actions and inviting them to be recipients of your amazing grace and love. God, we pray that you would just lead us into those situations where we can be your vessels used to expand your kingdom and to bring hope to those people in our circles of influence. And we pray this in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. 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 All right, as you are uh, making your way back to your seats and um, getting situated, uh, this series that we just finished doing was all about getting us, the people of God, to make the most of this time of the year from an evangelical standpoint Um, evangelical having nothing to do with politics, but evangelical having to do with sharing about the love of Christ. Uh, And this holiday season, all about food and fellowship. Uh, It's also throughout the Bible. It's also what we're doing today. Um, Although we're kind of going to make you work for it by asking you to decorate, but still, food and fellowship. Um, But also to be about, during this holiday season, kind of being more thankful Right, kind of being more forgiving and more inviting. And so the series we just finished, we, we started it talking about um, how when Abram um, met Melchizedek, that Melchizedek, who we now know was Jesus Christ before he was born in the flesh, appearing to man, uh, Melchizedek served him what we know as the communion elements, bread and wine, and how Abraham was so thankful that he gave him a tenth of everything that he had just literally fought for, right? He wasn't willing to give anything to the human king, but to our Lord and king, he just willingly gave up a tenth, which is actually where we get the whole concept of tithing. It's not a part of the Old Testament law. It precedes the Old Testament law, It's an act of thankfulness. Then we talked about uh, forgiving. We talked about how King David, uh, when he became king after spending, I don't know how many years, I think it was 15, 17 years on the run, even though God said, you're going to be king, the current king at that time, Saul, hunted him down for most of his adult life. And when he became king, he reached out to Saul's family and said, hey, let's move past all of our family's difficulties. And he said, you, to uh, Mephibosheth, you're always going to eat at the table with me and my family, not because I just want to be that good to you, but because your father, Jonathan, was that good to me. So I'm going to turn around and be that good to you. And we said, that's what we should do, not because we just forgive everyone because we're that good, but because that's what God did to us extended forgiveness to us. And then we talked about the the wedding supper of the Lamb, how in the book of Revelation, uh, we're invited, we the church are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb, and how God wants us to go out and not invite just like, you know, a plus one, like you normally get at a wedding, but plus as many as you can invite to also be a part of the wedding supper of the Lamb. So this whole holiday season and this whole series was about reaching out to other people and being more thankful, being more forgiving, 
being more inviting, which is what we should do during the holidays. But we also shouldn't forget that it's all about the birth of Christ, right? I know there's a lot of commercialism. There's a lot of other stuff that makes us forget about that. But this season, uh, right now, churches all over the world are celebrating what they call Advent, which is where we look forward to celebrating and rejoicing about the birth of Christ. And it's in, in order to get people excited about it. And for me, I, I've said this before, Thanksgiving is like the John the Baptist of holidays, because just like John the Baptist points at everyone to Christ, Thanksgiving, when we celebrate Thanksgiving, we, we're thankful, we're forgiving, we're more inviting, but it just points us to the celebration that most of us are excited about, and that's the birth of Christ and celebrating Christmas. Now, Here's the thing, though. There's, there's a scale of people when it comes to Christmas. There are people like me who are over here, and we, we just are excited about Christmas, right? I love Christmas, even though I don't put up a single decoration in our house. But I love the Christmas season. I love Christmas time. I love the holidays. Uh, I, I, I didn't do it this year, but sometimes we go out, well, Christy doesn't like to do it, but I like to go out Black Friday shopping, not to buy stuff, just because of all the, you know, the, the people are excited and all that stuff, just because, right? There's people who are excited about Christmas, but then there are people who are over here who Christmas is not that fun for them. Uh, maybe they, 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 they have experienced uh, some painful losses uh, of family members or deaths or relational breakups during the holiday season, or they're alone, or it reminds them that, hey, you know what? I don't want to watch all you people go spend money because I have none. And so it's hard for a lot of people this time of year. So um, for those people, what we're actually going to do in a couple of weeks is we're going to do uh, what's called a, <coughs> excuse me, a blue Christmas, has nothing to do with Elvis, and for those of you who don't know who Elvis is, it hurts my heart. But we're going to do a blue Christmas, right, which is really a Christmas that focuses on, hey, despite your pain, despite the hardship, despite how difficult it might be, despite the loneliness, let's focus on the hope that's provided by the birth of Christ. Has nothing to do with the commercialization of it. Has nothing to do with the gifts. It's all about just saying, hey, there is hope in celebrating Christmas. And actually, Mark Berkshire, um, he's our teaching pastor, he's going to come and he's going to teach that because he has a lot of uh, personal experience in this area because this is a very hard time of the year for him. And he's going to share a little bit about that. But he is also going to share why it's important to still honor, celebrate, and rejoice at the birth of Christ. All right, so there are people who are over here, like me, we love Christmas. There are people who are kind of like here who are like, it's a hard time of the year. It might be because of financial reasons. It might be because of, of, of whatever. But then there are people who are over here who are like, I'm a Christian, but it's a sin to celebrate Christmas. Now, let me say this with as much respect as I can. Okay, those people are crazy, and it's not true. But these are the people that, and, and Mark, will, he'll, he'll tell you this, there are people who have told me that I'm, 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 you know, I'm leading people into hell because we're 
celebrating the birth of Christ. And I get, I get that there are some people who are against the commercial, the monetization of it, right? Commercialization, is that the word? The commer- yeah, commercialization of it. I get that totally 100%. Because right now, um, um, it's, it's rough trying to buy presents for you. You almost have to take out a loan to go buy presents for your family because the prices of everything are so sky high. Like for some of us, just a 12-piece chicken wing, expensive Christmas gift because the price of wings have gone through the roof. For some of us, and like if you're a grandparent who you want to buy for your kids and their kids, I mean, you, you literally have to rob a bank or, or hit the lottery because everything is so expensive. And then if, if you add to that, yeah, buying new decorations and, and Christmas clothes and sweat and all that stuff, and I get that. I get that, hey, the, commer- commer- the monetization of it, not a good thing. But that should not stop us from celebrating the birth of Christ. I mean, if that's the issue, just give gifts that remind people that it's all about the birth of Christ. Just take that aspect out of it. There's still... Uh, the idea that we should celebrate and rejoice in the birth of Christ. Now, again, if you're over here like me and you love Christmas, that's great. If you're here and you're like, oh, it's a hard time of the year, a couple of weeks we're going to talk about that. But if you're someone here who's like, you shouldn't celebrate Christmas or or whatever, or you're anti-against it, um, I want to share respectfully again, why we should. Because one of the main arguments people have is, well, nowhere in the Bible does it tell us to celebrate the birth of Christ. That's 100% correct. 100%. Nowhere does God say, go and celebrate the birth of my son. But there's lots of things that we do that God doesn't tell us to do. Nowhere does God tell us to put drums inside of a building and use them to worship him but we do it. Nor does God tell us, hey, get on social media, but we do it. But here's why I want to show you. There is a scriptural precedence for celebrating, not necessarily the birth of Christ, but when lives are saved, that's worth celebrating. So we're going to walk through uh, the book of Esther. I don't know how many of you are familiar with the book of Esther, but the book of Esther, in essence, is a type of Christmas story. Now, let me be clear. I'm not trying to teach it out of context and say that the book of Esther points to the birth of Jesus. It doesn't. It has nothing to do with that. But the book of Esther, the entire book, is all about the fact that the lives of the Israelites were saved and they created an entire holiday to celebrate and rejoice in that. So if you have a Bible, turn to Esther chapter 1. We're going to get to that eventually. And if you've been around, you know, whenever we start a new book, we only get through a couple of verses the first week. But we're going to get to that eventually. But I'm going to jump to the end of the book of Esther. In Esther chapter 9, this is what we're told. Mordecai recorded these events, and he sent letters to all the Jews throughout the provinces of King Xerxes, near and far, to have them celebrate annually the 14th and the 15th days of the month of Adar. Adar is, I think it's the month of March in in our calendar, but Mordecai, where it says Mordecai recorded these events, 
It's talking about the entirety of the book of Esther. Mordecai wrote down everything that happened, which we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that as we go through the book of Esther, and he sent letters to everyone so that they would celebrate, and here's why. Celebrate the 14th and 15th of the month of Adar as a time when the Jews got relief from their enemies. And as the month when their sorrow was turned into joy and their mourning into a day of celebration. He wrote them to observe the days as days of feasting, what we've talked about, and joy, like at Christmas, and giving presents of food, like brickle, to one another and gifts to the poor. Does this, does this sound vaguely familiar to, to anyone? Because this is kind of what we do at Christmas. We celebrate, we rejoice, uh, and the Bible tells us that our joy uh, uh, and, and, and our mourning uh, will turn into celebration, and we feast and we give gifts to one another. It's your basic Christmas celebration. Now, they're not celebrating the birth of Christ. They're celebrating, he says, because the Jewish people got relief from their enemies. And we'll talk about that. There was a mandate that every single Jew was supposed to be killed. And then they got relief from that. And so they said, hey, we need to celebrate that our lives were saved, which is what Christmas is all about. Because if you jump ahead, um, we find out that God is okay with man-made holidays, especially ones that celebrate lives being saved. That, that's the, the, God didn't tell them, hey, I want you to institute this holiday. The Jews took it upon themselves and instituted that holiday. Now think about this. Cancer patients celebrate that they're cancer-free. How many people think that God is sitting up in heaven looking down on them saying, you're celebrating something that's not worth being celebrated? People who are in recovery celebrate weeks, months, years of being free from addiction. Do you honestly think that God is looking down on them saying, I never told you to do that. It shouldn't be celebrated. No. God is okay with man-made holidays. Nowhere in the Bible does God say, I don't want you to create any man-made holidays. It's definitely worth celebrating. And God is okay with that. But here's the thing. The question we have to ask, is Jesus being born to save humanity from our sins? Is that worth celebrating? Do you think God would honor, yeah, that's okay that you're celebrating and you're rejoicing at the birth of my son? Because here's, here's what happened in, in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 2, and many of you are familiar with this because this is part of the Christmas story. Um, Simeon, who was moved by the Holy Spirit to go there, eight days after Jesus was born, they took him to the temple to do what was required by the law to have him circumcised. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light 
for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. So here we have a situation where it's not just one group of people are going to be saved, but God provided his son as your salvation. And here's the thing. When Simeon said this, he was looking at not a full-grown Jesus on the cross. He was looking at an eight-day-old Jesus, God born in the flesh. And he moved by the Holy Spirit, looked at him and said, hey, you know what? I have seen, God, your salvation, what you have provided to be the salvation for all humanity. And just think about this. If they were willing to celebrate just one group of people being saved, and it was a day of joy and celebration and feasting and giving presents... Shouldn't we look forward to and celebrate all humanity being saved as a day of joy and celebration and giving presence? Things that God has already said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totally okay with that. It's totally fine. So from a biblical perspective, it looks like, yes, Jesus being born to save humanity from our sins definitely worth celebrating, definitely something that we should come together and rejoice at, perhaps give gifts to one another, sing songs that our mourning has been turned into joy because the lives of all humanity were saved by the birth of Christ. Now, I'm going to walk you through, uh, um, if you're in Esther, turn to Esther chapter 1, walk you through a little bit of the book of Esther. We're only going to get through a couple of the verses, but I want us to see the whole context here. So in Esther chapter 1, this is what it says, chapter 1, verse 1, this is what happened during the time of Xerxes, the Xerxes who ruled over 127 provinces stretching from India to Cush. At that time, King Xerxes reigned from his royal throne, excuse me, in the citadel, of Susa. And in the third year of his reign, he gave a banquet for all his nobles and officials and the military leaders of Persia and Media. The princes and the nobles of the province were present. So in, uh, he gave this, this, this huge, huge uh, uh, kind of like uh, party. And think of uh, the inauguration celebrations that they have when we get a new president. But imagine instead of it lasting for a day and that there's buildup to it, this lasted six months, six months of an inauguration celebration, even though he was in the third year of his reign, of showing, you know, here's everything that I'm going to rule over, all the leaders and whatever come, and we're going to celebrate and rejoice. And at the end of that time, they had a seven-day drinking just binge, right? And I'm not saying that's what Christmas should be like, that kind of celebration, but they had like a seven-day feast with food and all kind of stuff going on. Uh, and this is what it says. It says, wine was served in goblets of gold, each one different from the other. And the royal wine was abundant in keeping with the king's liberality. By the king's command, each guest was allowed to drink with no restrictions, for the king instructed all the wine stewards to serve each man what he wished. And again, this went on not for hours, not for just a couple of days. This was like all week long. It's like spring break for us today, but thousands of years before spring break ever happened, right? So there was just this drinking fest. 
And then on one of those drunken days, the king said, hey, why don't I have my wife come in, Queen Vashti, and display her in front of all of you so that you can see how awesome she is. And yes, that is the, the epitome of everything that everyone's against today is, is, is demeaning women, dehumanizing women, all of that kind of stuff. But Vashti was like, I'm not having it. No. So he removed her as queen. And then he sought another queen, and at the time, the Israelites were still under Medo-Persian rule, right? Because they had been conquered by the Assyrians and then the Babylonians, and then the Babylonians were taken over by the Medes and the Persians. They were still under Medo-Persian rule, and I'll tell you more about that next week when we go into a little bit of the history of it. But then he found a woman named Esther, who was descendants of one of the Israelites, and she was one of the people that they brought into the harem and said, we're going to pick one of you guys to be queen. And she was taken as queen. And because she was taken as queen, and because he found such favor with her, when one of the other people, strictly because of racism, and we'll talk about that uh, next week, wanted to kill all of the Israelites just because of racism, also because of political differences. And instead of saying, hey, uh, I'm an independent and Larry's a whatever, um, instead of saying, I don't want anything to do with Larry, it's like, I don't want anything to do with Larry. I want Larry killed and everyone in his, his, his political party wiped out. And the king, who you can see, not that wise, said, sure, make it happen not knowing that Esther was one of the people who would be wiped out. And God used all of these circumstances to save the people of Israel, even though you don't see the name of God mentioned in this book. You'll see that circumstance, 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 that just, you know, Romans 8.28, God uses all things for his glory. It just happened to fall into place so that the people of Israel were saved. And when they were saved... They said, that's worth celebrating. They said, hey, that day of, 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 of sorrow where we were doomed, where the government mandate was every single one of us should be killed, can be killed, legally will be killed, but now that has changed, that's worth celebrating. And the same is true for Christmas because uh, there was a legal mandate, God's moral law, that every single person, doesn't matter what color, doesn't matter what political party, doesn't matter what age, that we were born with sin in us. And the penalty for that was death. But as we just read, that Simeon was able to look upon the salvation of all humanity that was only made possible by the birth of Christ. And so the church said, hey, you know what? We should celebrate that. It's worth celebrating. Just like they said here, uh, not only did they say celebrate it, I said, therefore, these, there was, these days were called Purim, from the word pur, which literally means lots, because there was a lot taken on what days all of the Israelites would be killed. He said, because of everything written in this letter, and because of what they had seen and what had happened to them, 
the Jews took it on themselves to establish the custom that they and their descendants and all who join them should without fail observe these days every year in the way prescribed and at the time appointed. And these days should be remembered and observed in every generation, by every family, in every province, in every cities. And these days of Purim should never fail to be celebrated by the Jews, nor should the memory of these days die out among their descendants. That's how important it was to them, that their lives were saved. They made a mandate and said, hey, Every, every year, we're going to take these days, we're going to celebrate, we're going to give gifts, we're going to rejoice because our lives were saved, because we want to make sure no one ever forgets that our lives were saved. And if you go to a Jewish community and look on a Jewish calendar, they still celebrate Purim today because it's that important to them. And if that was that important to them, then it should be this important to us that we, the church, not just for us, for all humanity, experience salvation by the birth of Christ. And we should want it to be remembered and observed in every generation, in every family, in every province, in every city, so that they know that celebration that we rejoice at, the fact that all humanity was offered salvation by the birth of Jesus Christ. And we want people to remember it. We want people to celebrate it. We want people to rejoice over it. So we're going to sing songs. We're going to feast. We're going to eat cookies. We're going to give gifts. We're going to decorate. We're going to rejoice because all humanity was saved. And that was only made possible by the birth of Christ. So I'm going to ask you guys to stand And God, first and foremost, we pray for anyone listening, watching, hearing, that if they have not experienced that salvation that was made possible by the birth of your son, that they would just put their hope and their trust and their faith in you and believe that you loved us enough that you sent your son to be born as a man, to live a life dedicated to you, and then for him to die upon the cross to pay the penalty for our sins so that we might experience your salvation, your forgiveness, your mercy, and your love. And we, God, we pray that this Christmas season, whether we're celebrating with food, with family, with friends in our workplaces, whether we're rejoicing as we're walking down the aisles and stores as Christmas music is playing, that we would remember the reason for this season, it's not about the Hallmark movies. It's not about the commercialization. It's about the fact that you offered salvation to humanity through the birth of your son, Jesus Christ, and that that is indeed worth celebrating. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. 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 We hope you enjoyed the message. If you did, please leave a comment on our webpage, crossroadsofjeffersonhills.com, or our Facebook page. You can also join our Sunday celebration every Sunday at 1037 a.m. We look forward to hearing from you online or in person. Thank you, and God bless.